Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. In a world of covert culinary criminal coalitions. Jean-Carlo. We chef. Reformed criminal and celebrity chef Butch Orson. Prepare the brigade. We chef. Is dragged back into the dark realm of criminal kitchens. Behind. When old rivals threaten his life's work. Corner. Butch is brought back. Hot. No, 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 no. For one. Last. Cook. Open Pandora's oven. Yes, Yes, chef. John Wick meets Hell's Kitchen in Yes, Chef. A comedic actual play adventure of kooky culinary combat, refried revenge, and untold gastronomic horrors. Yes Chef is out now on the Dungeons and Drimbus podcast feed. Butchie, a genuine pleasure to see ya. <laughs> Can you give me an example of a time you really wrestled with a very difficult choice that you needed to make? Um, not really. For me, choices have always just kind of, uh, just fit into place, more or less. I wouldn't even necessarily say that I know how to decide. I think that I either get lucky and leave things to the to just the right moment and the answer just kind of fits, or, uh, or there's not much of a choice in the first place, be it morally or physically or whatever it may be. Previously in Greater Boston. Next week is the big week. Election day is almost here. That's how I can do my penance, by doing the same shit I've been doing, but for the right reasons. Do you know where my sister is? Do you know how to find her? Hi, honey. I'm home. What was the name of your private organization again? We have many names. This week in Greater Boston, episode 31, Election Day, part one. Can you give an example of a time you really wrestled with a very difficult choice you needed to make? Answering these questions. <laughs> <laughs> Counts? I have a friend. Their name is Ellis. And we were, we got really close and we started talking about maybe dating. But I knew that my parents wouldn't like Ellis because Ellis had transitioned. It's kind of personal, but it's okay. No, I can talk about it. Um forgiving forgiving someone that um did something to me or like caused a lot of pain in high school i did not want to go at a certain time due to the bullying whether to quit school or not when i was younger those were really difficult choices to make yeah but then i was just think of college i really wanted to go to college and like get my degree and things like that but then i didn't want to stay around the people who were 
you know, bring me down. Both times I wound up quitting. It probably wasn't the right decision, but I certainly wrestled with it. Ultimately, I ended up going. Do I explain to Ellis that if we do start dating, they won't be able to be comfortable around my parents because my parents will just... I'm not going to go into specifics, but the word insanity was stated when my dad was talking about Ellis. I wanted to be a computer technician, but I realized that like when I started learning about it, it wasn't really my thing. Going into college, I wanted to be pre-med because I knew I was into psychology, but I thought my path would be psychiatry. And the more I learned and the more classes I took, including some really, ones I really liked and some ones that completely destroyed me, I realized that what I wanted to do was go into like therapy and things, but... Why should I follow that path and be miserable? It's better to live your life happy and short and long and miserable. Because I didn't want Ellis to go through that because of me, because of our relationship. I wanted them to have a relationship where they wouldn't have to deal with a family that didn't accept them for who they were, even though I did. Because I knew that if we did start dating, there'd be no escaping just that confrontation and that discussion. Um, I, I had to forgive and it was like really, really difficult. But like in order for me to like move on, I had to forgive and grow. I eventually ended up telling my mom when I got drunk one night and uh, that led to a lot of really awkward discussions. And Ellis and I are just friends now. <laughs> We are 109. Doesn't really give the appearance of any kind of a domicile. Oh well, here goes. Who the hell are you? <laughs> um, are you Wanda? No, no, no. I saw you creeping up and I came out to say, Who the hell are you? So, who the hell are you? Understand how questions work? Um, my name is Thomas and I am here. Not interested. I can read it all over your face. Um, Canvasser doing last-minute electioneering. You... Well, I know how I'm voting. Uh-huh, I know Vo forever. Uh, voting? Yeah, it's election day. And you're here to tell me how to vote. No, no, no. I am here to deliver a letter. Where's Morty? Mm, who's Morty? He's the fucking mailman. The fuck else would he be? Dumbass. <clears throat> uh, I assume you're taking over. You ain't got no mailbag, though. So what the fuck is this, I, huh? I apologize. I didn't mean to imply I was any type of postal carrier. Yeah, you better um, apologize. Let me back up. My name is Thomas. Uh-huh. Yeah, got that. And not too long ago, in the process of moving my orrery... I don't even want to know <laughs> I discovered this rather unusual letter in the back seat of the truck that was helping me move it. Did he say Allery? Like the wise birds and shit? Um, and after much that? deliberation and consultation with the movements of the solar system, I decided to read this letter. How many licks does it take to get to the center of this motherfucker's point? And at first it seemed benign. But as I researched who the intended recipient was, I made a rather startling <laughs> discovery. You still love those old Tootsie Pop ads, The man. letter was composed by someone who is no longer alive. What? Come on, man. Did Bernie put you up to this? Or Claire? 
fucking ginger prankster. I bet it was her. <laughs> this is not a joke. I have in my possession a letter from a dead man writing to his siblings. Yeah? Well, then this has fuck all to do with me. Because I ain't got any siblings, thank fucking Christ. Who's got the time for that shit? The letter is not addressed to you. No shit, Bright Eyes. So for the tenth time, the fuck you doing here? Uh, yes, well, I attempted several times to locate addresses for the siblings mentioned, but I came up empty. The letter makes repeated mention of what I believe is your former place of employment, Third Sight Media, and your address was the only one I could find on the internet. Wait, wait, wait. You found my address on the internet? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And just how the hell did you manage to get your hands on that Tom ass? Huh? You made a post on an NFL message board challenging anyone who believes the New England Patriots are dirty cheaters to personally come to your address and, uh, fight you about it. Okay, yeah, that's fair. The, uh, but that, that's not what I'm here about, uh... I know that this isn't your letter, but I was wondering if you could perhaps pass it along to the intended recipient. It's possible the person who wrote it used to work for Third Sight Media, uh, Leon. I know you had an advice column with someone answering letters with that name. Nuh-uh. That, that was Michael's thing. It used to be Gemma's. Oh, uh, Michael is named in the letter as well. I don't know, man. Tell you what. I'll track down our old HR person, Tyrell. He used to know who was who and what was what in terms of personnel. Maybe he's kept tabs on people and where they're living. Maybe he hasn't. Thank you, thank you, th- uh, thank you. Thank you very much, very much. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a million for giving me more work to do. From the job that up and shuttered its ass on me. I gotta get to my shitty new job. Um, have a happy election day. See ya! It's still 20% undecided. An unusually high number attributed to Mayor Lindsay Coolidge dropping out of the race. I'm Chuck Octagon, here in Redline, asking people about both candidates and their overall chances. Excuse me, ma'am, are you voting today? God damn, I ain't no ma'am. Don't go around calling people ma'am, college boy. Jesus Christ. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... And hasn't anyone ever told you that it's rude to go around asking people how they're voting? Sanctity of the voting booth and all that shit? Come on. That's stupid or what? Fuck off! Uh, of course. This election has the people passionate, which is no surprise at all. How about you, sir? What are your thoughts on the election today and... Oh, oh, oh my goodness. My thoughts on the election? Well... It's it's you. It's, it's the mayor. The mayor of the red line. Demonstrably false. Otherwise, you wouldn't be asking me questions related to the mayoral election. Where where have you been, sir? What do I'm you think about... I'm explicitly exhausted explaining where I've been. The where isn't terribly important. The why is... I left because... I left because I'm a lever, not a leader. I feel I'd have been nothing but a fantastic failure, and in leaving, I simply flew right to the foregone finish. As for who I support? Well, my preferred candidate would... still be Charlotte Linzer Coolidge. She acted boldly and built this boisterous burg with her bare hands. Simply breathtaking. But now that she's out of the race, there really isn't any question, is there? If I remained a resident... You could be reassured I'd be voting for Isabel Powell. That Bespin woman is remarkably rabid, a revolting, raving risk to the city. 
as is anyone thinking of voting for her. What are your thoughts on the red line boycott Miss Powell is responsible for? I'm unaware of any such thing in the slightest, nor does it make any difference. With Charlotte out of the race, I'm Team Isabel, all the way. Clearly the only sensible choice. And there you have it, folks. News from the mayor of the red line himself. Don't call me that. Chelmsworth. Paul Montgomery Chelmsworth. Word from Professor Chelmsworth himself. Sir, would you be open for a one-on-one interview in the near... Uh, Well, he's gone. How about you, sir? What are your thoughts on the election today? I have to tell you, I'm quite disappointed. My first choice up and quit on me. Mayor Lindsay Coolidge? She's the one. Had this place running like clockwork for a while. I'm a train operator, and I can't begin to tell you how tough things were during that damn boycott. Impossible. I'd be working 24-hour shifts, sometimes just trying to get people to and fro. And again, Ms. Bespin has some pretty extreme ideas. Lots of strong talk, doesn't sit right with me. But she's also making sense, talking about bringing some big corporations down here, creating jobs, all that. And she wants to help out the operators. We've endorsed her. I don't know, so I haven't quite made up my mind. I, I think it's safe to say I'm leaning Team Bespin. Thank you for your time, sir. You bet. Now, time to run these trains and mull my choices. Ain't democracy grand? Your train delays, your occasionally late commute into work. Occasional? One whole week I was four hours late, every day, in a row. None of that will compare to what's coming for you should Emily Bespin win this election. They cut my paycheck in half that week. Now whose fault is that? Now I don't mean to persuade you solely by highlighting the truth concerning Bespin's character. I've got plans for this city that will make us all better off. Plans beside being a pain in my ass? Did I inconvenience you, sir? Hell yeah. Well, good gracious. I inconvenienced you for no reason. Damn right. The hell did I ever do to you? Nothing. You never did nothing to me. When members of my family were forced out of their home because rich folks wanted to raise a swanky new condominium, you did nothing. Oh, come on. When my best friend back in high school was shot by the police, for grabbing a candy bar in his jacket, you did nothing. When my nephew's school closed down and he had to take an hour commute because Boston was too busy offering tax breaks to corporations rather than funding its schools, you did nothing then too. Don't give me that bunk. I grew up in Lynn in a house made of cardboard boxes stuck together with bazooka bubblegum. I never did nothing out of sorts with you or anyone like you. I just don't like sitting underground in the dark for long stretches on end. It's scary. And I gotta go to work and I gotta eat. So you and whatever point you think you're making ain't gonna pay the bills. Sir, what do you do to pay the bills? I'm a welder. And I gotta get from JFK to North Cambridge, then take a city bus out to Arlington or Medford or Watertown or wherever the work is. I want to tell you that I hear you. I empathize with you with your life, with your fears of getting stuck in the dark, with your loss of hours, with your struggle with your bills, with your long commute, with your 
bubblegum house. I empathize with all of that. And that's what a successful society needs. We need empathy for each other. I propose a city where workers like you aren't outsourced to other communities. We have jobs for you right here, work that needs to be done on our stations and trains to improve our crumbling infrastructure, to expand it for more homes, more local businesses. I want to take your commute and move it to your station. I know I made your life inconvenient for a time, but I want to organize Redline to make it more convenient. I want you working for this city, and I want this city working for you. There's plenty of work for all of us, and if we all chip in, we'll all be better off. I was thinking of workers like you when I came up with this plan. I truly was. Now let me ask you something. When the boycott happened, did you ever think of me? Did you ever wonder why I was doing it? Or did you focus on the inconvenience? I... I mean, yeah, I figured you were trying to make a statement or something. What statement was I trying to make? I... I don't know. I just... There's racism, I guess, but I kind of... You guess there's racism. Well, go on. It's important for me to know if my point failed to get across. You were angry about your nephew, I know that. Because he got arrested. Framed, falsely accused, and wrongfully arrested. But that had nothing to do with me. Maybe not directly. But you reacted to my boycott. My righteous display of anger with nothing but self-righteous anger of your own. You failed to empathize with me, didn't you? And that's why things don't change. Because people not affected by this type of stuff stay silent. Or when they're inconvenienced out of action, when their privileges are challenged, when the mere suggestion of change in the power dynamic is shifted, they respond with anger. Not a trace of empathy in the slightest. Now, I want to make your life better here in Redline. I want my life better, too. I want all of our lives better. But the only way that's going to work is if we think about each other a hell of a lot more than we do now. We got to think like a selfless society, not selfish individuals. And that includes having a bit more empathy for what the other person goes through. Don't you think? Well, well, I suppose that's a good point. So will you consider having some empathy for old Isabel Powell? and maybe giving me your vote. I'll consider it. Thank you, sir. Hmm. That gives me something to chew on. Good morning, Redline citizens and commuters. Just wanted to shout out a special reminder to everyone. It's election day in these here parts. If you're just joining us for your commute, you may notice a touch more buzz and hubbub during your stay. Looking for a piece of the action? Well, if you're interested in becoming a citizen of Redline, please ask, please ask your, your well hosts for a brochure, and they'd be more than happy to discuss the merits of our unique housing system with you. 
citizens, there will be a late night polling station available in each station and rail home. We're keeping a tight schedule today, as always, so make sure to vote, but don't worry about cutting into your work schedule or your daily routine. Thanks, folks. And whether you're a redline citizen or a citizen of your own non-trained community, please do your democratic duty and vote with your heart. I, I only have a couple of stops. We're campaigning in what Emily calls enemy territory today, Seven Hill. If she sees me coming out of this car with you two, she's going to put the screws to me. We'll make sure to slip you into a different car when we're done. This one and the next two are closed for city renovations. Redline public school classrooms damaged during the boycott. Oh my goodness, damaged? They reserved it for commuters after school hours to deal with the boycott overflow, and well, when the cars got full, people got angry. Same thing all over. Probably not the best use of school property. Yeah, well, the boycott probably wouldn't have been necessary if certain someones didn't create a culture of fear and distrust here, manufacturing events that... If you want to call me out, you can be clear and specific. You want to place the entire blame of the boycott on me? There's a lot of things I blame you for. Well, join the fucking club. What is she doing here anyway? Okay, both of you... Take a breath. I thought I could trust you. You can. This was supposed to be kept between us. We're working together now. She knew certain information. I needed to tell her. No, you didn't. What part of keeping this a secret did you not understand? Maybe she knows how dangerous secrets can be. Take it easy. Come on. You know what? Forget it. I'm not doing this with her around. Gemma, you get off your fucking high horse before you bump your fucking head. Less than a year ago, you tricked me into snooping around Bespin's rail home. So where do you get off presenting yourself as a moral authority? That was different. I I, didn't... Oh, it's always different with you. I get it. I know what you were trying to do. You were doing what you thought you needed to for Charlotte. You were doing something wrong to do what you felt was something right. And if the end justifies the mean, what's the harm? Well, Nika's in the same boat. She may have screwed up more than you did, but she's trying to write it now. And the one thing she doesn't need is a snarky lecture or to feel even more like fucking dirt. She's sticking her neck out for us. For all of us. And the least you can do is keep your mouth shut for five minutes and hear what she has to say. Fine. Sorry. I know why you hate me. You think I wrecked it for her, the the molasses wedding, but I tried to stop it. I promise. I thought I did. Doesn't matter. Tell us what you've got before we hit Savin Hill. The husband is back and campaigning with her. Hard. The, um, the real one. We know that already. Right, but there's more. I think he's the source for her increased cash flow, but he's bringing it in under the table. Also, he's... He's working on something. He has plans for the city. Plans? Robotic, cheesy plans. Oh my god. I don't get it. What's the big deal? If Emily wins, he wants to fully automate Redline within the year. He's already working on security bots and developing train bots as well. Cheddar fucking cheese circuits. We have to get this out immediately. You can't. Excuse me? I'm the only one close enough to the two of them to have access to this knowledge. If you release this, they'll know it was me. Big fucking deal. If we release this, that's the end of Emily and her campaign. What if it isn't? Listen, Matahari, I think you might be getting a little too into your part, don't you? You realize we don't actually want Emily to win, right? She has a point, Gemma. A, she's not going to win. B, if she does, you can just quit. Why would you keep working for her? And C, the fact that you would want to keep working for her makes me question why you're really doing this. D, If she does win, I'll still be on the inside. (laughs) But she's not going to, right? I don't know. The polls are a mess. People are really mad about the boycott. Plenty aren't even voting. Use this information however you want, but ask yourself, 
will it be enough? Will you be able to communicate it in time for it to resonate? And if you do, will that make a difference? I honestly don't know. <sighs> You're not completely wrong, though. There is a part of me that is enjoying this. I always wanted to be something of a performer. <laughs> the thing about this part is that I need to commit, so I might as well try to enjoy it. If it appears as if I wasn't committed to Emily, I wouldn't be here. And that means I'm committed to being a lesser version of myself. <laughs> when I was a kid, the power went out during a hurricane, and my brothers and I stayed up late, and we told each other spooky stories with nothing but flashlights. And when it was my turn, I would speak very slowly and deliberately, and, oh God, the looks on their faces when I would make them flinch with just the right turn of phrase, just the right vocal inflection. And then the power came back on, and I wanted more. So when nobody was looking, I crept downstairs and stole the fuses. I put them in my sock drawer, and we went back to telling stories, until they figured out what I'd done. I was committed to that lie, too. We sat around and asked each other what was happening to the power, and I wondered just as much as they did. I'd theorize everything from neighborhood electrical work to alien invasion. And when they discovered what I'd done, found the fuses, I committed. I acted shocked and surprised, because what choice did I have? I needed to believe my own lie. I wanted the power out and the fun to keep going. But the power can't stay out forever. Sooner or later, the lights come back on. Darkness lifts like a curtain. The lights expose everything. And everyone can see clearly again. This is my stop. Back this way. sparked conversations and held negotiations with major industries, powerful corporations, and innovative companies who are thrilled to bring brand new headquarters to Redline that will help develop our already vibrant and exciting community while giving our economy a shot in the arm. And that means jobs. Jobs for you, for you, for you, for all of us. Jobs you can work from home. Jobs literally connected to your commute. 
jobs that will fill you with a newfound sense of purpose and the spirit of community my criminal competitor claims you can only find opening your door to every drunken riff and dangerous raft stumbling through your doors. Racism? Hokum! Hooey! Horse feathers! My beautiful buttery baked bun of brilliance, Booba Bear Ethan is black after all. Would a racist honestly marry a black person? Uh, yeah, maybe. It's certainly possible at the very <clears> least. <throat> Ladies and gentlemen, this is all gotcha journalistic nonsense to distract from the important issues at hand. And I won't stand to hear another word about my lovely wife being racist to me. Why are we burdening ourselves with inconvenience every time we wake up in the morning, every time we come home, every time we go Most to clocks are right twice a day, but you're always running behind. I was working on getting Emily a radio spot. And how did that go? It's in negotiation. <laughs> Even when talk is cheap, it can still cost more than you're willing to pay. I need to get ready to handle the press pool. Watch it. Sorry, excuse me. N Nika! Dmitri, I... How's it hanging, boss lady? Mallory? How, 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 what, how... are you? Been better, but the bandages are mostly off. Mostly? Well, that's good. Yeah. There's just one more I need to rip off. Gonna be a real fucking painful one, I can tell. Look, we got baggage, but the two of you got more fucking luggage than Logan, so I'll hang back and give you some space. Just remember, Dimitri, they'll be on the next train. Who will? It's... it's this television show. They're after me. It's hard to explain. Right. Television is after you. You're a big star now, the man who found D.B. Cooper and all that jazz. I, I've been looking for you. I wanted to ask if you wanted to be on the show with me. The show, it's like... it's like a mystery show. Inexplicable riddles. Travel the world and investigate mysteries. But then... Then I couldn't find you, and I took off, and now they're after me. Investigating me. <laughs> How perfect is that? You're... you're in politics now. Something like that. I'm glad you're okay. You don't sound glad I'm okay. You're right. I don't sound glad you're okay. But that doesn't mean I'm not glad you're okay, okay? Okay. I can't talk right now. Work. Sure. I... I... Can we catch up sometime soon? Nika, I... If I had known about Leon, I, I would've... If you had known... If you had known... <laughs> you know what's funny? I've replayed this moment in my mind. And now you're back. Now that this moment has finally arrived. I can't even muster the fucking energy. Faster, faster, keep up with Dimitri! Him. You found her! How does it feel? I, uh... Who the hell is this? Hello, me. Meet the fake me. Fire! Fire! Everyone get the fuck out! Beat, beat, sent wide, reunion's over. And the chase continues by real me. We'll have to have a more formal introduction later, but for the record, the chump did try hard to look for you. And when he found out about your brother, ooh, he was torn up worse than a losing lotto ticket. 
Ciao! No, he's going up the escalator. Follow him. Ah, I, um... Nika, who were those rumpled-looking ruffians you were wasting your time with? News crew. They only had a minute or so, so I gave them the rundown while you were wrapping up your speech. Trying to slip into the limelight, are you? If you forget your place again, you might end up without one. Just like so many of my enemies will. Remember that. End up without a home. I tried that once, but here we are, playing a disgusting little dog and pony show on account of my... race? I'm not even black. I'm mixed race, and I... Shh! We can't have anyone overhear you. Oh, I know it's a bit of a fib, darling, and I despise calling attention to such a private topic. But it's important to educate these simpletons concerning their foolish misconceptions. They're calling me a racist. Me? Can you believe it? If anything, Powell and her greedy agitators are being racist to me. Colors are like voices. They can whisper or shout, but are generally best left unheard. Uh, When did you begin this silly riddle speak? Was it after you left me? Ah, speaking of leaving you, I must get back to the lab. Already? When will you be back? You know once we win, we can get you as much lab space as you need. Here in Redline, close by, so you don't have to constantly slip away. You're a weapon of devotion. Keep the faithful entertained, or they may all leave you far behind. What could possibly be so urgent? The business associates I was telling you about? They are here. They're requiring a demonstration of your handiwork. Cracking whips completes nothing but scars. Yes, yes, I've assured them it's all a work in progress. These people are not common carnival barkers. They're serious businessmen who wish to see results with their own eyes before they even entertain expenditure. Even if you don't have satisfactory results, get over here and turn these blasted things on. I don't know where the on switch is, and before you ask, no, I don't want to know where the on switches are. I'm on my way. Keep them entertained, or try to. I know it must be hard for you. May I offer you gentlemen any additional refreshments? I'm sorry there isn't much besides corn dogs and deep-fried Oreos. But we weren't prepared for... You may offer us a look at what you have planned for Redline. That's what you contacted my associate for, is it not? Mm, To be fair, Mr. Vandermont did request we meet with him after he asserts control over Redline. And what's the likelihood of that happening? This entire endeavor could be nothing but a gigantic waste of time. No, we had business in town today. He wanted to meet, we're here, we're meeting, and he has nothing to show us. I do. (laughs) I just... I need my business partner to lead the presentation, and he's on his way. I promise you. But... I believe that when Associate Sales discussed our arrangement, there was no agreement concerning additional business partners. Now, now, lawyer, I did suggest the former Mr. West, may he rest in peace, meet with the man who was squatting at his property. I believe that if Mr. Vandermont secures Redline for us, Mr. Bespin could help make the city even more profitable. Keep in mind, gentlemen, the city of Redline is unlike any other city we've ever partnered with before. If we choose to expand there with another regional headquarters, we'd need a fresh way of thinking. And part of that is keeping in mind the cost to keep up the city. Every city has moving parts to manage, but this one 
literally moves. When it's our city, we can decide that it doesn't move and use it for whatever we like. Sure, manager, but that would result in a considerable loss of profit. For the city's chief source of income is the fact that it can transport people. Right now, it's transporting non-citizens, but in the future, we could charge citizens and non-citizens alike. You'd charge citizens for commuting on the trains on which they live? Of course! We'd consider it a tax. A tax, indeed! The cost of doing business, Mr. Vandermont. What? <laughs> uh, what association did you gentlemen say you represented again? We didn't say. Not yet. But I will inform you now. Perhaps once you know who and what you're dealing with, once you have the sense of scope of the resources at our disposal, you'll push your tardy business partner to move at a faster clip to keep us happy. Because everyone likes us much, much better when we're happy. Mr. Vander... Ah, idiotic alias that. Mr. West, we are Legion. Legion? Get. Here. Now. Oh, Oliver. What exactly have you set in motion here? The gates to the underworld open in red the magic hour Greater Boston is written and produced by Alexander Danner and Jeff Andreessen, with recording and technical assistance from Mark Harmon. Ready for more Greater Boston? Go ahead and listen to Episode 31, Election Day, Part 2, ready for your ears right now, the thrilling conclusion of our mid-season finale. In order of appearance, this episode featured Jeff Andreessen as Chuck Octagon, James Capobianco as Paul Montgomery Chelmsworth, James Johansson as Rusty, the MBTA driver, Jessica Washington as Isabel Powell, Kelly McCabe as Nika Stamatis, Julia Propp as Luisa Alvarez, Lydia Anderson as Jemba Lindsay Coolidge, Sam Musher as Emily Bespin, Jordan Higgs as Ethan Bespin, James Johnson as Dimitri Stamatis, Joanna Bodnick as Mallory, Kristen DiMercurio as Fake Nika, Mike Linden as Oliver West, and Braden Lamb as Leon Stamatis. Also featuring Richard Penner as Tinker or Thomas, Tanya Milojevic as Wanda, Jack Peavy House, Lucille Valentine, and Graham Rowett as political participants, and Kenny Garcia as Spencer Green. Interviews recorded with Greater Boston Residents. Charlie on the MTA is performed by Emily Peterson and Dirk Tini. Drums by Jim Johansson. Broke Yeti by Ryan Estrada. Special thanks to Chelsea Spear for letting us record her busking version of her beautiful original song, Hot Paintings, for this episode. Check out Chelsea's YouTube channel or find her on Twitter at Travels with Brindle. Some sound effects and music were used from public domain and Creative Commons sources. Episode transcripts will be posted online at greaterbostonshow.com. Special thanks to our patrons Bridge and Rasmus. If you're interested in supporting Greater Boston, please visit us at patreon.com backslash greaterboston. Where did he go? Over there, over there. Da, da. The escalator. The escalator. Oh, gosh. I, I'm caught in the escalator. The stair. No, I mean he ran to the escalator. <laughs> 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 but I like that he gets caught in the escalator. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for green. That's it for green. <laughs> 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 like, like a
The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. You found the heart! She found a key to the heart. On the quest of a lifetime, three best friends take on a harrowing journey. Your mind and body will be tested in these upcoming weeks, as well as your heart. Where more is at stake than a gift from the gods. Being with Alpina and I is going to be... weird? Not bad weird, just, uh, different. Everything's different on the water. When new friends meet, you have an office? Where do you think I do all the pirate business? Pirates have business? It's a parchment nightmare. And family secrets are revealed. We could be twins. Yes, I've noticed. This young crew of adventurers will learn what it takes to complete the deadly journey to the heart. It's not like an island could set a trap for us. What? Lightning fog? Are you kidding me? But is getting what they want worth losing what they have? I was happy with you and Charlie. Was? Look at us! How could I be? Journey to the Heart. Now available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Tune in each week and vote for where you think the story should go next. What we-